0: Welcome to episode two of the Temple Talks podcast, where we support you to improve your business management systems, share knowledge and hear from special guests across various industry sectors. And now, over to your host Jazz Tanwar from Temple QMS with our special guest Lynn Smith from Stellar Mind.
1: Good afternoon, I'm Jazz Tanwar from Temple QMS. Welcome to episode two of Temple Talks. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Lynn Smith from Stellar Mind, um, and it's Mental Health Awareness Week. So, you're the best person that we could possibly be talking to today. Oh, thanks, Jazz. Thank you <laughs> for asking me. <laughs> um, it's great to have you here today. Um, I recently attended one of your training courses, yeah. which was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I was, um, you know, I was a bit hesitant about attending because I, I thought I've got a million of other things to do and I've got to go on this course, but it completely changed my mindset um, on, and how you view I thought I was actually quite good at helping people, but um, yeah, I've learnt lots of tools and techniques um, from your courses. That's lovely to hear. Thanks, Charles. It was lovely to meet
0: you and thank you for making the time yeah. because I know you're so busy and that, that's the thing, isn't it? We're all so busy yeah. all the time that and we, you know, try to help other people all the time as well. So we're helping our friends, our family, our colleagues, yeah. and we forget about ourselves as yeah. well. So to take time out yeah. um, for you, yeah, and also to learn how to help and support others that are struggling is definitely worthwhile. So thank you.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the one of the good the, one of the good takeaways that I had from the course was, you know, when you mentioned about bandwidth, I think sometimes you need to understand your bandwidth and how much you can cope with and also um, introducing self-care into your routine as well. Yeah. It is important, isn't
0: it? Because when our our window of tolerance is quite small, so when we're very stressed and we're just focusing on, you know, that activity or whatever we're doing, um, we forget about ourselves. And when we're feeling really stressed, when we've got a lot going on, um, we can't think straight. You know, we can't think clearly. And whilst we're feeling like that and we're continuing to work 24-7, we're continuing not to have breaks, not to look after ourselves yeah. and also helping everyone else yeah. around,
1: then that's when we can become ill. So yeah. Yeah, that that's really important. Thank yeah. You. And I just think it's, it's, you know, since the pandemic, I think everyone's got like a real heightened sense of anxiety and stresses. How, how are you finding it now when you're going into you know, delivering in-house training to corporates or you've got individuals coming in. Um, How are you finding it now since the pandemic? Yeah, I think
0: a lot more people are more open to talking about their mental health, um, anxiety. You know, we all experience anxiety and there are absolutely, you know, that's a huge continuum, isn't there? Lots of different levels there. Um, So it's important that we understand about anxiety, definitely, and the things that we can do. To help and support ourselves and a, and help others, um, there's been a lot more courses, a lot more people wanting to do mental health first aid, which is great. Um, the cost of mental health in business is just grown. You know, the last Deloitte report stated it's fifty six billion is the cost to UK wow. employers. So that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And that is made up of absence. You know. And turnover, you know, turnover after the pandemic has gone up to around 22 billion. Now, before the pandemic, that was 9 billion, you know, so more people are leaving work. Um, And 61% in that Deloitte report, it states that 61% of people that have left in the last two years cite poor mental health. So we need to talk about this at work. People need to feel they can open up and talk about their mental health and well being and get support because the earlier we do
1: that, hopefully we can keep someone in work. Yeah. Um do you yeah. do you think that since um since the pandemic we've all had choices on kind of a like hybrid working or working from home, do you do you think that's kind of um you know you know, kind of sexual mental health if you're not kind of coming into the office and mixing with the other with the team and you're kind of um and if you're that kind of person anyway that's you know doesn't really talk much but then you're completely secluded and working from home yeah and do you think that that's a, a cause as well i think so i think for some people
0: um you know and i hear this all the time when i go into businesses for some people it is now very hard to get them back into the office and they don't want to come into the office the height you know having a choice is great yeah um and it can fit in with our our lifestyle and our our work-life balance that's important but as you've just highlighted that is what happens if someone's feeling anxious and they don't want to go into work you know that anxiety just doesn't stay at that level it grows so then someone it will become more difficult for someone to go into work and to socialize Mm. and people lose their confidence their self-esteem can suffer um you know so we we need to be there to help and support people. Sometimes it can be harder to spot, can't it, when they're at work and some people don't want to join meetings with a camera on.
1: Um, maybe they don't want to talk in those meetings. Yeah. Lynn, what responsibilities do employers have towards the mental well-being of their staff? Okay, well,
0: employers have a duty of care, don't they, to look after yeah. each and every member of, of their team. Um, and... You know, we all have mental health, just like we've all got physical health. Mm. We're not just uh, a body, are we? And we're used to at work looking at physical hazards um, and having physical first aiders. You know, it's, it's just so important that we have mental health first aiders because we're not just a body, we're a mind as well. Yeah. And we need to work together. And when someone can start to struggle and that can look like someone worrying more than usual, maybe feeling more anxious than usual, you know. When someone starts to feel like that, you know, that's going to affect lots of things. That's going to affect their thoughts, their feelings, their behaviours. That's going to, you know, that will start to affect them at work and at home. Now, if that's left um, unhelped, unsupported, that can grow. So that person could feel more anxious, um, perhaps could start to feel low, sad, not enjoy things anymore, maybe not wanting to socialise, maybe isolating, you know. Someone left for a long period of time, yeah. you know, may then struggle with their, their mental health, may become mental ill health. So it could have a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder, depression, for example. And then if we, you know, talk about depression for a moment, someone left feeling sad, low, not having any energy, maybe withdrawing, that person may start to have thoughts of suicide. So around 20% of adults have thoughts of suicide. Now, that's not saying that person is going to attempt um, at all, but that is saying that person is feeling overwhelmed, that person is feeling at that moment that, that it's all too much to cope with. And when someone's feeling like that, we want to be there as employers to be able to talk to people, to spot the signs when, you know, someone is struggling, that small change. Yeah. It could be that someone looks tired. It could be that someone's more irritable or angry or perhaps they're just quieter. Perhaps they're making mistakes. They didn't used to make mistakes. before. Maybe they used to come into the office and they don't want to come in anymore maybe they're gaining weight or losing weight. So, you know, these invitations from people
1: are there because we need to be able to yeah. support them. So I think this is why it's so important to um, to attend these training courses because you can look out for the signs because sometimes as employers, um, you, know, when, you know, when the productivity level goes down, it becomes more of a HR issue than a mental health one. So that's why it's important to look out for those signs. Definitely. I mean... You know, the biggest cost
0: of mental ill health is presenteeism. Yeah. You know, and that, that's up to around 29 billion a year. And that's when someone is at work because they want to be at work, but they're struggling. Yeah. So as you just said, they could be making more mistakes or, you know, taking longer to do things. Someone could have really low morale, um, you know, aggressive behaviour, for example. Yeah. Um, maybe coming over as not being bothered. Um, And then sometimes as employees, we can start to go down the performance management route. Yeah. And we definitely need to have conversations with people about, you know, what's happening, how are they feeling? And the earlier that we do that, the better it is for that person, the better it is for work as well. Because, you know, if someone's struggling, maybe someone needs to be off work or even whilst they're at work struggling, that affects other people as well. If someone needs to take time off, You know, that puts pressure under under more people as well. So this can grow. Yeah. So we can't just avoid it anymore and, you know, not, you know, take that time to do mental health training.
1: So I just think it needs to be embedded in company culture. It's just like having um, a health and safety policy. You know, you should have a mental health policy as well to ensure the well-being of your team. Lynn, so what challenges um, do you find in each of the industry sectors that you work in? Okay. I I mean,
0: I work in many different sectors, you know, whether it's construction or advertising, the travel industry, um, manufacturing. And, you know, each industry, I think, has their own, you know, some of their own um, issues, definitely. Um, What I do see is that many people are, are feeling stressed, and we all feel stressed, you know, yeah. stress can be good for us, can't it? A certain level of stress can get us up in the morning, can get us going, can give us that motivation we need. But too much stress over a period of time for that person, you know, can result in burnout, can't it? And when someone is feeling very stressed and not able to talk about that, that can lead to many things. Um, and that—that that is what happens, you know, so... I work in the construction industry, for example, um, which is very, you know, a male-dominated area. So I can run courses that predominantly are are all male. Um, And even on these courses, not
1: everyone can talk about their mental health. Yeah. Um, Do do you think they find it challenging because it's quite, um, you know, they're quite... Guarded, aren't they? If you're working in the construction industry, you have to be—you have to be really of like, a strong mindset and have that kind of, you know. Yeah, it's really—it can be very, very difficult, can't yeah. it?
0: And to open up and to talk about mental health, I think it is getting better in lots yeah. of places now, but still huge stigma and discrimination around that. um And you know, if we look at suicide figures, for example. of people that die by suicide are male. Um, So it is really important that we do talk about it.
1: Do you think the stats are so high because um, men don't often talk and open up and, you know, they don't share their feelings with anybody? Do you think that's why the stats are higher? That could definitely be, you
0: know, a a huge thing. Um, When we look at this, you know, um, twice as many women have a diagnosis of anxiety and depression. That's not saying that twice as many women have anxiety and depression, but perhaps they've talked about this with a friend, with a family member, encouraged to go to the GP and had early help and support. 50% more men drink or do drugs. And that potentially is because they don't want to talk about it. You know, there's still lots of stigma there. One of the things we talk about is, you know, the language and what, You know banter and you know people can see think themselves as weak or not being able to cope and they should be able to cope and when someone starts to think negatively in that way you know that just adds to that feeling of stress makes them feel more anxious maybe more hopeless worthless um and sometimes if that person doesn't open up and it gets just too much to cope with really okay so Stella Mind work in lots of different sectors, um, from advertising agencies to construction to manufacturing to the travel industry. Also, we work in education as well, because 50% of mental ill health starts before we're 15 and 75% before we're 18. So it's really important, um, particularly if you employ apprentices, for example, um, that you fully trained to help
1: and support them as well. So do you think it's a generational thing as well, Lynn? Um, You know, so so say, for instance, you go into construction sites and you go into manufacturing, um, you've got, you know, an older workforce there. Do they deal with mental health differently to, say, apprentices?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, sometimes apprentices, younger people, talk more about their mental health, you know. which is good. It is good. It is good. And I think we will see a shift moving forward. Um, Maybe, and again, it's not everyone, but maybe older generation, we don't talk about our mental health. Maybe we, you know, feel that we should be able to cope with this. Yeah. That we may be... Kind of that
1: keep calm,
0: carry on kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So it's important when you're thinking about training that... The person, people that you choose to be mental health first aiders are those approachable people throughout different layers of the business that people can confide in. Do feel that they can go and have a conversation with someone without any judgment,
1: um, without that stigma and discrimination. Yes, it's really important to, you know, have the training, have those tools to help, um, you know, because you you get access to the app as well, don't you? Um, Once you've completed the training with you. So um, when I attended the training course with you, it, it kind of inspired me to have the conversation with you to collaborate, And um, so we're delighted that um, Stella Mind and Templar are collaborating on the mental health courses. So can you just give us a bit of a rundown on um, the training that you offer and the delivery methods that you have?: Brilliant. Thanks, Jess. Thank you.
0: So there's the two-day mental health first aid course and that qualifies you as a mental health first aider which means that you can look after yourself but you can also look after other people you're there to spot signs of poor mental health and the earlier that we help that person the better chance they have of a quicker recovery so that's a two-day course um as you said you have the app with that course which is continuously mm. updated. Um, it's just most people have got their phones with them so yeah, you you've got the
1: newsletter you yeah.
0: and you've got all those resources just at your fingertips which is brilliant sometimes um we forget to train managers our line managers and really important group of people that are there to support their team also need that help and support themselves so sometimes they can struggle themselves obviously but also to support people that are struggling So there's also a one-day course as well, um, and that's a mental health champion course, very popular with lots of managers, line managers. Then there's a half-day course, um, and again, this can be run online or face-to-face, and this is so that everyone can hear about mental health because, yes, it's great having mental health first aiders to spot the signs, but we want everyone to know that it's okay to talk about their mental health and if they're feeling really stressed or really anxious or you know having lots of negative thoughts it's important to be able to understand that really and that's the good thing about this training it's very basic level understanding but it really helps you know so I may train GPs I may train mental health nurses because sometimes counsellors because with whatever training we do sometimes we miss this basic level of understanding and it's good for all of us to know this because the earlier we can build this resilience the better
1: yeah no that's good to know and we're also running a promotion um so if you'd like to book some training you can use our special promotional code which is self-care to receive 10% off any kind of booking so it's in-house training um and online yeah brilliant
0: um, so sometimes as well, if you're a small company and you don't want to train lots of mental first aiders, we also do open courses. Again, these are face to face or online um, where you can just sign up
1: yeah, and, and be with people from
0: lots of different industries as well. Yeah.
1: What are the key benefits that businesses can take away from enrolling on these training courses with Stellarmind?
0: Mind? OK, well, I think as employers, we really want to make sure that our, our team, our, our employees are happy. Yeah. You know, when someone is happy at work, they perform better. You know, if someone is healthy, is sleeping well, eating well, you know, looking after their whole health and well-being, you know, they're more productive. Yeah. So people work better, have a clearer mind, don't make as, much, as many mistakes, um, maybe morale improves you know even if you love your job and you feel really happy if you're sitting next to someone that's struggling with their mental health that low morale
1: can really drag you down so it can really grow that yeah um, so i always say to my team that you know they spend most of their time at work so they need to be happy so i guess these courses offer that they do because you know that's important isn't
0: it most of the time we spend at work and you know Many years ago, I'm talking about probably thirty years ago when I started work. you know you were told to leave your private stuff at home, and you when you're at work you're at work and your private you know your home life was at home and we know we can't do that you know if someone at home is struggling, we can't just leave that at home. so when we come to work, we bring that with us so it's about able to being able to cope with that um, and to do things that support you yeah and look after you. When someone's happy in work, when they're looking after themselves, when they've got a good support network, hopefully that person will stay in work, you know, may need to take a day or two off, but hopefully we don't lose that person to a two week sick note. When someone's struggling with their mental health, the cost to that person is huge, you know, and you'll be aware that if someone in your family is struggling, that affects you. Um... So, the cost to the individual is huge. The cost to business is massive and increasing. So, you know, the last Deloitte report stated that the cost of poor mental health at work is 56 billion a year. That's huge. And just rounding that up, really, that's around 7 billion in absence. So, when someone's gone to the GP, had a sick note, maybe for stress and anxiety, Um, maybe workplace stress, for example, and that person will have a two-week sick note. The GP is following nice guidelines and that's called a watchful wait. You know, when hopefully take the stress of work away, that person can look after themselves, do things that they enjoy and hopefully come back to work. Sometimes that doesn't happen, does it? Because, you know, when we've been off work for two weeks... And we've been struggling before then, stressed and anxious. Maybe we don't feel ready to come back. So we can go back to the GP, have another sick note for another two or four weeks. Imagine being off work six weeks and you've been struggling with your mental health. So then to come back into work may not happen. So another huge cost is turnover. Up to 22 billion now. And you'll know the cost of that, you know, for the person again, but also for business when you've got to train someone else, you've got to recruit someone else. And then also, whilst you're doing that, it's putting more pressure on the rest of the team so more people can become ill. So, up to 29 billion is in presenteeism, where someone is at work and they're struggling to cope. And that can look like lots of things mistakes, that lack of productivity, um, lots of different reasons, that low morale. Now, in that Sound Deloitte report, it states that for every £1 spent on training people in mental health, businesses get £5 back.
1: And then, how how do people book on these courses?
0: Well, following this wonderful collaboration, people can get in touch through templeqms.com, or um, stellamine.co.uk. Um, and also, you know, because it's Mental Health Awareness Week as well, um, we've got this promotion of 10%. So please um, just mention self-care um, when you contact us. That'd be
1: great. It's been lovely having you on this podcast with us. Oh, it's been lovely to see you again, Jane. Thank you so much, then. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Temple Talks. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about Temple Quality Management Systems and their training and consultancy services, head over to
1: templeqms.com today.